everybody. Well, welcome back to another episode of Ship Talk. I'm very excited to be talking with one of our buds, Tracy Miranda, who's the executive director of the Continuous Delivery Foundation, which is part of the Linux Foundation. Now, Tracy, for those of the listeners who actually don't know who you are, unfortunately, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tracy? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on this, Ravi. So, yep, and that was a, a good description. So I work at the Continuous Delivery Foundation. I've been there for about four months. Uh, but before that, I was leading the open source community team at CloudBees, uh, where I got to work very closely with the, the Jenkins and Jenkins X community and also help uh, launch CDF. And prior to that, um, I've always kind of stayed around open source. So a, a veteran of the Eclipse community, um, where I worked with developer tooling um, around Eclipse IDE. So yeah, definitely passionate about all things open source and community. Thanks, Tracy. So Tracy has this a myriad of open source experience. And so kind of in this podcast today, I'm gonna to be talking about the cloud or the curtain of open source, but there's just there's great people behind it like Tracy. So I'll kind of talk about my personal experience. It's, it's, I'm really excited that Tracy spent some time in the Eclipse Foundation. Uh, one of the first, actually the pretty much the first piece of technology I was super excited about and up working with it was Eclipse. And so I, <laughs> I, I like tooling, like I like helping engineers make you know, solving problems. And so I used to build IDEs for IBM or for Rational. Uh, but, and the Eclipse Foundation was one of the first foundations I participated in, but kind of fast forward outside of that professional or organization, I think there's this curtain of open source, one or two of the other communities, not the one that Tracy ran uh, or runs currently, uh, it really was exclusive, right? Like the ideas weren't really shared. It was kind of disheartening that, oh, it's hard to join. It's hard to get ideas across versus there was certainly a breath of fresh air joining the CDF, just how inclusive uh, the community ha ha is and continues to be. But Tracy, why don't we talk about community building? Like how do you start, how do you start chipping away at that curtain of exclusivity and making it more inclusive? Yeah, no, and I'm super happy to hear you've had that experience. And it's certainly something we try to be very deliberate about at Continuous Delivery Foundation. I think it's all too, like, you, you know, no two open source communities are the same. But unfortunately, you do get um, the set which tend to see themselves as priesthoods almost. So it's very kind of exclusive or closed off. And I think our approach has always been to, to be very deliberate about it. Um, you, you know, so all the, the leaders we have, we're constantly trying to get that message across to, to be welcoming, to, to kind of kill, kill people with kindness, if <laughs> we can do that. And um, yeah, and, and I think from, you know, I think the Eclipse community was very welcoming to me when I first uh, started participating in it. And it means a lot. And one of the things, uh, the ways I like to think about it is that there's these particular, I, I call them like moments of truth. And it's when someone chooses to engage with your community, how are you going to respond? And that's either like when they put in a pull request or file a bug or they come along to an event. It's kind of this is their first interaction and it's often make or break based on that interaction. So I think we're keen to always make sure that capture those moments of truth and people have a good first experience um, and then just stick with us and, and just appreciate that this is a good group to be part of and, you know, really want to share knowledge and are fun and have 
great ideas and it's just like exciting all around to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. I like how that's ingrained like in the DNA and the culture. Like you said it really well, like there's definitely priesthoods out there or like, oh, this is my project. I'm the core contributor. It's my way or the highway was getting free resources versus gathering ideas. Cause I think the, one of the, I think the big benefits of open source is the ideas of many. And so it's, For sure. it, you're just, you have to be open to taking, taking those ideas, which, which can be difficult as an engineer. It's something I had to get better at as I climbed my career was taking almost constant feedback. It used to be, I only would get feedback every month during a code review. Then we went to agile and now as a people leader, <laughs> I get feedback every day. <laughs> so it, it, it takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of evolution. Um, but let's let's talk about let's walk through a fictitious scenario. Let's say that sure. a, a person was starting. You know, let's cut cut the fog. Like, let's say a person was starting today their very first open source community. What what would be steps you would take? Let's say Tracy, you made. Uh, I'm not make up some foundation like my fake project name is called hibiscus it's my fake open source project so project hibiscus if we were working on project hibiscus what if we wanted to start a community like what what do I or what do we have to do yeah no I think um the first thing is just maybe set out with yourself and the folks who are building out what is the goal here like what do you want to achieve what does what would success be um, like, is it about bringing a specific idea to life or is it about creating kind of a diverse group to see this project through a, a long-term thing? So I think start, starting out and having that kind of shared vision of where you want to go will kind of see you through the difficult times. So that, that will act as your North star. And for some people, you know, sometimes doing an open source project is, is very personal. It has to be about their vision coming to life and they don't necessarily want um, something that will evolve in a different direction, which is fine. Um, and then for other people, you know, they're not necessarily committed to the core of the project. It's like, okay, we're trying to solve this project. Sorry, we're trying to solve this problem. And we think this is how to solve it, but we're not committed to this code base. We're committed to solving the problems so that things can evolve and change and shape. So I think start with um, that vision and, and then look for like-minded folks. And, and I think that's pretty much like how CDF, the Continuous Delivery Foundation started. Um, we had this idea that, you know, continuous delivery is bigger than just one project. And we should be working together to make things interoperable and better for everybody. And then as we went around talking to people for that idea, when it resonated with other people, they really became fans and they would be like, how can we help? What can we do? This is how we build up on it. So finding that core set of folks who will be enthusiastic and I think get you through the honeymoon period because in the beginning there's always excitement and then you kind of go through this dip of okay now now the shine is worn out maybe you've done a big launch or something and now it's just kind of work and pushing it through um, but yeah have have that vision have people who share it and then just kind of hang in past past the initial fun bit and you, you you're probably most of the way there yeah, that's really practical advice. Like any any sort of technology project, it's like there's a honeymoon phase, there's the uh, the quintessential valley of despair <laughs> that you get into. Despair, for sure. it's just, so there's like ebbs and flows. Uh, it might might be a little bit more of a 
abstract question, but how do you actually find like-minded folks? So here we are in fictitious Project Hibiscus. I like this name, <laughs> Project Hibiscus. And I don't know who I can connect with. Like, what are some ways that here at our fictitious Hibiscus project that you know, we start to find people? If, if, if the argument would be build it, they would come or how do you advertise or how do you go and just find people? Yeah, no, this no, I think that whole build it, they will come is, is kind of a myth that needs to die. Maybe once upon a time when the space wasn't so crowded and there were few people doing it, that that would be a reality. Um, but now, like community building is hard. It's almost kind of going around to people in the beginning, one by one, you know, not dissimilar to starting a startup, uh, just a lot of legwork. Um, but I think like tech communities are pretty clearly organized by kind of different criteria. One is always going to be programming language. Uh, people identify very strongly um, with programming languages. And then there's other kind of different types of communities. So I think it's about finding a fit or a starting point um, to, to tackle like, okay, is this going to appeal to Python developers who are into machine learning? Or is this going to appeal to Go developers into cloud native? You know, just picking a, a kind of niche to start with and going into those um, existing communities and to find who might be the folks who kind of appeal most. That's perfect advice. I really like how you summed it up. It's like starting a startup, right? Like I actually didn't think of it like that. I, I was generally curious for my fake project, how I would find people, <laughs> how, how to use it. And, and that's exactly right, right? Like there's leg, there's going to be some legwork uh, um, involved now. Uh, so continuing on our project, Hibiscus Journey, I'm just being greedy because I have such an expert with, uh, with me today is <laughs> this might be some more coaching now. It's like, okay, you know what? Hibiscus has a couple of people contributing to it and using it. Now it's time for the intrinsic stuff. Like how, how can I ensure that I don't sound like a priest? And also how do I make sure that I'm being inclusive? And th these are two very hard questions to answer, but in your years of experience, like how, 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 how can I be deliberate about ensuring those two things? Yeah, I think um, like in the beginning, if you've got that core group and you've got a little bit of bandwidth, then it, you know, it, it's always good to start off on the right foot of kind of being sort of looking around and saying, uh, you, know, you know, if you're welcoming people who are in your network, which is how many open source in the early days grew, that tends to be pretty limiting in one of the kind of contributing factors. Um, so I think engaging with, uh, we have these great programs like Google Summer of Code, and outreachy and kind of looking to ways to connect with folks at Hacktoberfest. I know that gets a bit of a, a bad rep these days because of spam, but using things like that, having really good newbie first issues um, and make, giving these good entry points uh, are likely to kind of set you up to reach a wider pool of people um, and, and you know just have a more diverse set of contributors. So I think, yeah, just taking advantage of a lot of those programs that are out there um, waiting for folks to use. Per perfect. Yeah, I think that that's, well, I really like that idea. I actually never heard it like spoken about before, like in terms of you, you want diversity in ideas. So like to your point, like my network is actually like-minded people in my network. But if we want to find folks that are diverse in ideas, using, I would say, non-traditional ways like Google Summer of Code or Outreach or whatnot, like those are those are excellent ideas. Um, kind of going 
kind of taking it away from hibiscus now i'll be less greedy <laughs> we'll come <laughs> back to it can't wait to hear about hibiscus though. <laughs> yeah. it's an open source mobile security container management solution that made for appliances oh. so I, I try to get every single buzzword in the hibiscus description cool. and do you have a logo yet logos are key it's actually yeah. just a picture of a hibiscus <laughs> a flower <laughs> um but- if, if uh, a very quintessential question, we'll, we'll turn it back to the, maybe instead of a founder or contributor, uh, the average engineer. Um, if an, an average engineer wants to contribute uh, to an open source project, like what, what would be some advice you would give him or her around just how you start contributing? Yeah, um, I guess it would be why. I, I would say get paid for it, first of all. <laughs> Like, I know we have, I, I think I'm, I'm trying to fight this myth of um, we, we've had for a long time where open source is something that you do in your spare time or only because you're passionate about it. Uh, but the reality is, uh, for me, open source is, is kind of this biggest career tool you can use to, to push your career forward, to meet uh, folks who, who set themselves a high bar on excellence. So, you know, go like... You can get started with open source through some programs like uh, Google Sum of Code or Outreachy or, or, or others, but certainly working for companies who understand and will support you in working for open source, um, I, I recommend as a, as a good route. And then matching that again with your interests or as picking a specific domain to, to specialize in always kind of works well. Yeah, very pragmatic advice. Um, you know, but if you're good at something, don't do it for free, as my parents would say. <laughs> oh, uh, and, and that's, you know, you bring up a good point, right? Like it's something, it's actually why I got into this job. Uh, so previous uh, to this role, I was a principal engineer, right? And so like I kind of, part, part of being a software engineer, it's depending on what you work on, your accomplishments don't follow you around. There's, there's very, actually, you probably would never see any of the work I've did before because a, there is a, it was from the federal space, and you can't see it, <laughs> or right. it was it's behind several service layers that you don't even know what I did. <laughs> even though I don't know. Okay, I knew what I did, but it's hard to bring that to be tangible. And so, going from career to career, like it's part about building your brand or portfolio. Do you see a little bit of that in open source? Like, it's, it's, it, how, can you maybe elaborate on how does it help you build your career just a tiny bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, like. If, if we get into careers and things, you always have a like a narrative that you're building, and and we see often people in tech will, you know, will will, will pivot or they'll change or like I know certainly of my career, I've started off more on, on kind of developer side. Well, actually started off more in kind of embedded software, and then switched to being a Java developer, and then kind of moved to to a point where I was like, actually, I don't want to write code anymore. (laughs) I want to deal with people. I don't know why, but um, that's what kind of gets me excited. So throughout that, like open source was the the theme. Um, But what I would say for folks getting started with it, it's uh, like it's good to build up some domain knowledge and open source will expose you to uh, a network of folks who are super supportive, who will move around the industry themselves and, you know, like sometimes people tend not to break out of their companies, like they'll network with people in their companies and hang out there. But open source, just through the people uh, and through being able to demonstrate what you've done in a very kind of transparent way and, and point to it, 
um, and just give you really good experience to cutting edge tools. I think a lot of kind of open source communities, especially new ones, are always kind of looking to to push the boundaries. So I think it's a it's a nice way to kind of future proof your career career. Awesome, yeah, and that, that makes perfect sense, right? Like, um, it, work that you can show externally is always valuable as a portfolio. You can take place to place, and you know, it's also like it's like going to a wedding. You you kind of hang out with the people you know at the beginning, and hopefully you can, <laughs> you know, kind of like m- make yourself known or walk around table to table. And, and there's a lot of uh, analogy to that with uh, open church communities. Since I have such an expert, I'm just coming up with like some just. Any sort of question. This is great. I'm learning so much. <laughs> and, and these are extremely pragmatic answers, right? Like these are stellar answers. Have you seen any anti-patterns? Not, maybe not for just open source software in general, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of keeping it on a, the focus of community. And then if you want to dip into just open source in general, like what are some anti-patterns and how do I avoid them uh, when building a community or participating or contributing to a project? Yeah, I think, um, there's all sorts of things and it's always complicated because, uh, you know, there's people are different. They have different personalities. They come in with different cultures. So, um, you know, getting to a point where you, you start to close off and being less transparent uh, about certain things. Um, oh, I had a good one. Now it's escaped. <laughs> I'll come back eventually. Don't worry. <laughs> um yeah, and I think it just ties back to that motivation of why are you doing it? Um, so I, I think sometimes people will come into open source um, with not looking for this common way to bring people together, but they have a, a, a different agenda. Or sometimes that comes in with with with, with company objectives con- conflict with open source. Um, and I think it's important to always kind of be clear. Uh, I think there's lots of companies that work really well with open source and then they always kind of, you know, keep things straightforward. So just making sure that, that there isn't kind of this hidden agenda. I think hidden agenda where folks aren't um, kind of being forthright with the reasons why they're doing things uh, tend to be kind of the, the biggest sources of problems. Yeah, and that that that's that makes sense because like I, with when any well-run open source community, um, you know, there's lots of ideas, lots of people participating, and so for those who are in the know, it, it can be easy. But for the majority of people who are not in the know, right, if you're not part of the core contributing group, uh, it can be definitely definitely a slippery slope. And there's definitely projects like that. I think that was my experience early on was you know certain projects were controlled by certain companies, and it's like. My voice is not get heard. <laughs> yeah, which is super frustrating. I think, yeah, that's always yeah, a tough thing. Uh, so kind of like now coming towards, I think, the back third of the, of the podcast here. Um, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the questions that I had uh, would, would be around um, not so much for, for participation, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, how do you deal with so many different opinions? So one thing I really admire about Tracy, when I first heard Tracy on the call, well, you're extremely diplomatic. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> there, there was to be, to be upfront, like harness my employer. We're part of the continuous delivery foundation and we're with there with all our competitors. Right. And so it's like this odd dichotomy and be fair. Like Tracy used to work for a competitor of ours. Right. And, but it, separating all of that out was just this very, you know, 
common goal, very diplomatic approach. How do you manage that? Like you did it probably the most well of anybody I've, I've heard before. So how do you... No, that's that's, that, that's great to hear. And uh, I remember I used to be part of this different community where we, we had these couple of two strong personalities and every so often on the mailing list, they would start going at each other. And then people would always be like, oh, like, aren't you going to go step in and like calm everybody down? And I'm Flame like, wars. what am I, the mother here? <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's, 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 it's a bit like that. Like, I think I've gone through the phases in my career as well, where I've been that person kind of at loggerheads with somebody else and just being frustrated that nobody sees things my way. Um, but just over time, having a bit more self-awareness and really appreciating that, you know, often people aren't out to get you. They just genuinely see things um, a, a different way. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe being a parent is, has been the ultimate <laughs> If I can get my two kids to get along, well, open source folks are not any different. Oh, wait, did I just call them kids? I'm uh, sorry. No, like, no offense, man. Like, but yeah, I think mom, it's... Stop that. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, it's just important for folks to see things the right way. So, I, and ultimately, I believe we often have more in common anyway. So it's just figuring out how, how to get there um, together. Yeah, very very diplomatic answer there. Like, uh, <laughs> it's it's you know can't forget that there's people behind the technology, right? Like, being an engineer or like you know you kind of lay your hat on you know trying to be right, and it, 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 those personalities certainly come out. Like, for those of you who are not part of the CDF, uh, I have not seen any of that, right? Like, it's been it's been more diplomatic than I could imagine because competition's fierce between all of our organizations, right? And so, uh, but that kind of goes away. You know, we all have diplomatic, very, you know, I'm sure if you caught the last podcast, or the other Tracy, Tracy Reagan, yeah. uh, you know, she, she summed it up very well that you have to love the problem. Right. And so I think there's one thing that Absolutely. Uh, we're fairly lucky with. Uh, I don't know if hibiscus is going to be this lucky poor hibiscus. Uh, there's a lot of people <laughs> who love the problem. And so we look past, you know, industry, yeah. company bound saying, okay, this problem is bigger than all of us. So, uh-huh. I think that's good. I, like, I think we are lucky, as you say, and a lot of the folks who have come to the table with the Continuous Delivery Foundation, they really understand that mindset that um, they're, you know, the rising tide um, helps all boats. So we, you know, we just need to get this done and it works for everybody and there's no kind of, you know, this shortage mindset or scarcity mindset. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think there'll always be flare-ups as they are with open source community and people in general. And I think there's a reasonable amount of finessing behind the scenes to get when we see flare-ups. It's just like, can we just get people talking or kind of mediating? Um, but yeah, and I think um, so far, uh, we're very lucky and fortunate to have such a, a great group, yourself included, um, being part of the community. Awesome. Uh, kind of last, last few questions here uh, for the podcast. So the first one will be a very easy question, but then the second one will be a very abstract question. So the first one will be, how do people get involved with the Continuous Delivery Foundation if they haven't? Yeah, no, I think um, it's a great question. And I was trying to, we're always trying to get better at the paths um, for entry points. So we have a host of different projects. Um, so either through one of our projects like uh, Jenkins or Spinnaker or Tekton, but really the 
best way, I would say, is to come and meet the community at CDCon. Uh, so that's our annual event. We're running uh, it in June. It, it will be virtual this year. Um, but still, we, we do a good job of trying to make it more interactive and a, a good place for newcomers to come in. Um, so, yeah, just joining us at our community meetings like CDCon is, is probably the, like the fastest way to get to know people and quickly navigate which project or which special interest group or you know, whether you want to be more involved with outreach, because uh, we really do have lots of different ways and welcome all sorts of contributions. Awesome. Great to know. Um, we'll be sure to catch everybody at CDCon uh, this coming year. And last question, very intrinsic question. It's an, also an abstract question. Let's say that <laughs> you, were, you were walking down the street, uh, current Tracy, and you ran to yourself, Tracy coming out of university. What would current Tracy tell university graduating Tracy, any sort of life advice that you might have? <laughs> Good, bad, evil, any technology, not technology, life advice. What would you tell your past self? Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, probably for me, this, this the, the two things I've, I've kind of learned that make a big difference to me that, you know, they're hardly groundbreaking things, but just seem to be my one is, is one is, um, you know, not to take on too many things. Because it's always this like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to do that. Oh, that looks fun. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get involved with this. So kind of, you know, staying focused on a few things. And then patience, um, I think uh, I can be super impatient when I want something to happen quickly. And it's just like, why hasn't this happened yet? Um, and everything seems to work itself out, but maybe not as quickly as you hoped it will. So, yeah, just staying focused uh, and, and being patient, uh, it just like super boring mom advice so past Tracy would probably <laughs> be really I mean, like, those are stellar pieces of <laughs> advice I mean patience has its virtues and you know in this modern day and age and we can certainly forget that but Tracy thank you so much for being on the podcast today I really enjoyed our conversation I'm sure it'll be eye-opening for folks who will just clear the fog about uh, open source Great. Yeah, no, it's been super fun. I really enjoyed talking with you. And good luck with Hibiscus. Let us know. If you need <laughs> the any next help. CDF incubating project. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Tracy.